The Film Guide with Chris and Sam. Part of the St. Albans podcast with Danny Smith. Hello and welcome to this week's St. Albans Film Guide. Now, it's a bit different this week because normally uh, when you have me, Chris, you also have Sam, that's Dr. Samantha Rolf, PhD. Um, this week, you, you don't get Dr. Samantha Rolf, PhD. You get just me, uh, Mr. Chris Aikman, BA Ons. Um, so it's just going to be me presenting this week. And uh, that's not the only thing that's different. We've also got a interview. Uh, it's the first interview that I've done on this podcast. And we will be joined later by Amy and Duncan from the Open House Film Club. And they'll be discussing uh, everything about the Open House Film Club. It's a local organization um, bringing independent and international cinema uh, to uh, people from St. Albans. But that'll be a little bit later. First of all, on part one, it's basically the same. So we're going to be talking what is new to the cinema uh, this week. The the biggest thing really coming up is the on the fifteenth of December. There's a little thing called Spider Man No Way Home. It is it's undoubtedly the biggest movie of the year, the latest in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it sees Peter Parker's desire for anonymity uh, take him to Doctor Strange. So at the end of the previous film, he was outed. Peter Parker was outed as Spider Man, takes him to go see Doctor Strange. Um, and cast a spell to see if people will forget um, that Peter is indeed Spider-Man. But the spell goes wrong, causing a rift to develop between dimensions. Uh, it's got uh, Tom Holland, Zendaya, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch all reprising their, their roles. And what's a bit different about this one is that it's, I'm sure you'll know, been uh, pulling other characters from previous different Spider-Man universes. So you'll see uh, Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina from the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films, uh, Jamie Foxx from the uh, Andrew Garfield Spider-Man films, and uh, quite possible, though it's not been revealed, but it's almost certain to happen, I'm sure, uh, we will see uh, a Spider-Man multiverse, including Tom Holland, Tobey Maguire, and Andrew Garfield, all reprising their roles as Peter Parker. So that comes out on Wednesday the 15th, and I think in the US it's actually on the 17th of December. Uh, before that, however, coming out uh, today, in fact, um, we've got a little film called West Side Story, directed by Steven Spielberg, who you may know as the director of 1941, uh, Empire of the Sun, and a, a few other um, smaller films. Uh, this is a the latest adaptation of the much-beloved 1957 stage musical in which uh, two young people affiliate, affiliated with rival street gangs find love. It's um, obviously a, a modern take on Romeo and Juliet uh, as two people, one from the Jets, the gang the Jets, one from the Sharks, um, find themselves falling in love in uh, New York City in the mid-20th century. It looks absolutely beautiful. It stars Ansel Elgort and Ariana DeBose. Uh, sorry, Ariana, if I have pronounced your name incorrectly. But uh, they are the, the star-struck lovers. And also um, making an appearance is the absolutely legendary Rita Marino, who uh, will many will know as um, one of the stars of the... Uh, original first stage ad um, film adaptation of West Side Story. And here she is, all of 90 years old, and still she is absolutely glorious. Um, some of you may have seen her more recently on uh, television, on Netflix, in the uh, 
uh, One Day at a Time, which I thought was cruelly axed, uh, but she was a highlight in that film. Um, a bit different to both Spider-Man No Way Home and West Side Story, uh, also being released today, is a film called Lamb, directed by Vladimir uh, Johansson. It's an Icelandic film uh, starring Numi Rapace, who people might know from the original Swedish version of Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, that trilogy, or Prometheus, and many other uh, films. She stars as Maria and uh, Hilma Snea Gunnarsson. I really apologise, Hilma, um, if that is being pronounced incorrectly. Uh, He plays her husband, Ingvar, and there are a couple of farmers who are shocked to discover that one of their sheep has given birth to a human-sheep hybrid. Now, judging from the trailers, this is a very weird, darkly funny, horrific, who knows what it could be. Um, It's a very interesting-looking film nonetheless, and that is out today. And also today, again, another bit of a sharp term, tonally from uh, Lamb, uh, one for the kids, is Clifford the Big Red Dog, uh, directed by Walt Becker, uh, stars uh, stand-up comedian Jack Whitehall, And it's about a young girl who adopts a young red puppy and is told it'll grow bigger and bigger the more love it receives. And as you could maybe guess from the title, Clifford the Big Red Dog, it probably receives quite a bit of love. Now, those are the new films in the cinema this week. And in part two, we'll discuss what is new to streaming. Right, in part two, we are looking at what's new to streaming. And on Netflix, we have The Hand of God. This also comes out on the 15th, so uh, on Wednesday the 15th. And it's the latest by legendary Italian director Paolo Sorrentino. It's the story of a boy um, called Fabietto, who is growing up in Naples in the 80s, which was um, an area you know, control, you know, much of it controlled by organized crime, uh, corruption, and it was a it was a strange place to be. And it's the story of unexpected joys, such as the arrival of football legend Diego Maradona, the late Diego Maradona, uh, and an equally unexpected tragedy. Fate pay, plays its part, joy and tragedy entwine, and Fabietto's future is set in motion. Uh, Sorrento actually returned to his hometown in Naples to tell this sort of this this personal story, sort of semi autobiographical story um, about his childhood, and it does it looks beautiful. I um, it's it's played at a lot of award ceremonies, uh, prestigious award ceremonies uh, in the past year, and that is out on Netflix on the fifteenth of December. Also out uh, today, in fact, uh, the tenth is something that was actually previously mentioned on um, Sam's uh, film guide. Uh, it's called The Unforgivable. She mentioned it because it had a limited cinematic release uh, a few weeks ago, but it is now being released uh, widely on Netflix. It stars Sandra Bullock as a woman recently released from prison, um, having served a lot of time for uh, the murder of a police officer. Uh, so it's looks quite heavy, um, not sort of light uh sunday afternoon viewing um but yes well we won't talk about that too much because as i said we've already mentioned it and out on prime video today we have encounter directed by michael pierce uh this is starring oscar nominee riz ahmed and oscar winner octavia spencer 
as a well, Riz Ahmed is a Marine Corps veteran who takes his kids on the run from the military as he tries to protect them from a threat of an alien invasion. And uh, again, judging from the trailer, it's quite a psychological thriller. Um, has are the alien is the alien threat real? Who knows? Only watching the film, I'm sure, can answer that. Uh, so that is out today, and that's called Encounter. Now, next up, like I said, very special um, interview with Amy and Duncan from Open House Film Club. Hi, I'm Matt Adams, the heart of the Hearts Advertiser for over 10 years. Join me and host Danny Smith for St Albans Podcast, a weekly look at the news, views and reviews of the city and district of St Albans. As well as our delve into the local stories that matter, we regularly cover topics including health, food and drink, legal matters, the theatre scene and mental health. Alongside our regular features, we talk to people from our wonderful community, sharing some of the amazing work they do. Episodes are released every Wednesday at 7pm, and you can find us by going to your podcast platform of choice and searching for the St Albans Podcast. Find out more at stalbanspodcast.com. We are joined by Amy and Duncan from the Open House Film Club. And, uh, well, what is the Open House Film Club? Amy? Hello, um, I'm Amy. Um, Open House Film Club is a um, collective of uh, young adults, we're all in our mid-twenties, um, who like work under Film Hub South East um, and the Independent Cinema Organisation and the BFI Academy, so lots of different organisations, um, to encourage more um, people under 30 to go to their independent cinema. So we're part of like a young film programmers group network, so we're trying to expand our skills on programming films, which means like deciding what goes on at the cinema, um, as well as like uh, trying to figure out how we can get more people to come to screenings. Uh, and it's really fun. <laughs> well, it is really fun because I, I mean, I've been to a, a screening. I am I am 32, so I'm ever so slightly out of your demographic. Oh my get out. I know. <laughs> we're not strict, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, you didn't check my ID on the door. No, everyone um, is. Thankfully. But how did you, how, how did you sort of decide to start the film club? Well, I think it was it was a it was a lockdown birth. Um, oh I yes, was, like many yeah, things, I'm sure. <laughs> um, it was one of those things where I was trying to figure out what I like wanted to do with my life, and I was doing a lot of googling of stuff, and then I just stumbled across the um, Film Hub Southeast website and saw this thing called Young Film Programmers, and they didn't have one in Hertfordshire. So I just emailed the lady in charge. I was like, hey, how can I do this? And she was like, you can set it up however you want. Um, and then I messaged, I messaged some people, uh, got into contact with Max, who had conveniently said he wanted to start something a few days earlier. Um, so we kind of started talking about it. Uh, Rose came on and then Duncan came on. And it just kind of went from zero to 100 from there. Do you want to... Yeah, essentially Amy just went, oh, he wants to put loads and loads of work in. Yeah, no money whatsoever, and I went. Oh, yeah, that sounds sounds like exactly up my street. So perfect. I'll, I'll I'll get involved with that. Instantly. Yeah, and we kind of because we wanted to get funding because we wanted to start doing bigger stuff. We had to like form as an official company. Um, so now we're officially on the government list, which is cool. crazy. Um, and Look us up, company's house. Yeah, it's, it's 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 exciting, and we really don't know what we're doing, which is also <laughs> exciting. <laughs> so is it sort of seat of your pants sort of things? Like um, of... yeah, kind of. So you were you were at the screening of 
Girlhood the other week. Um, I was indeed. And, and you saw the the short film which was screened before that, Pauline. Yeah. Um, so it was a local, it was a local short film uh, about a staple of the local community, and it's sort of to mark uh, the Windwash generation. Um, but then we were we were sort of talking to them about screening that before Girlhood, which we were really excited about. Um, and then suddenly realised there was loads of things that we had to do, like contact the council because it didn't have a BBFC rating and you have to get like explicit permission <laughs> for that. I was like emailing them like, hi, there's, just, there's, no, there's nothing on their website for anyone specific to contact. So I was just randomly emailing people like, oh, hi, I have no idea who I'm supposed to be talking to, but I really need this permission. Like, here's the film. This is what we're trying to do. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, it's definitely flying by the seat of our pants. Definitely. Like, lots of things like that going on. Yeah. So, so do you, you? You named a couple of other people there. Do you have like specific roles within the the film club? Is there someone in charge of you know, picking kind the films? Of, um, we would kind of come up with the ideas for the film together. So far, I've suggested all of them because I have the best idea. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, no, wow. I I don't know. We all suggest stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, we all suggest stuff, and like usually, like some at least one person has to have seen the film, and if not, we try and. We try and watch it before we screen it, all of yeah. us. Um, but that's not all, obviously always possible. Yeah, and it also um, goes off um, Anna, who is the... So we all used to work at the Odyssey Cinema, which is how we know each other. Um, yeah. And um, so we know Anna, who is the um, programmer and manager. Um, so it also depends on what that she thinks will sell and stuff like that. So it's, it's quite a big communication. Mm. Um, we, t- sort, we sort of go with a short list and we have a bit of a dialogue and a communication and then we usually settle on something. Yeah. Um, but it's hard coming up with films. <laughs> yeah, well, I imagine. So you mentioned Girlhood, which was on uh, the other week. That you know, there's a Celine Scammer film. She's got a new one coming out. Is that sort of how you linked in? She's got uh, Petty Mama. Well, I think it's um, out in some cinemas already. Yeah, c- kind of. Um, we wanted to show... that was that was also already on our list. Girlhood, because it's a film that we love. Yeah, already. Um, but yeah, I think like we've definitely tried to link things in like that, like But I'm a Cheerleader, which was our first film in August, mm. um, had an anniversary. I can't remember if it was 20th or 25th. It was 21. It was 21. 20, no, it was 20. Oh, 20. Yeah. There you go. It was an, it was an anniversary. Um, so there was a director's cut being re-released. So that's what we screened in August. Mm. Um, so yeah, there can definitely be factors like that. It's just also helpful to think about how the film will be saleable. Um so with Cheerleader, it was useful to know that it was a special director's release on an anniversary because that yeah. was a, a selling point of the film as well. Because at the end of the day, we can't function unless we sell tickets. No. <laughs> yes. We all get shut down. <laughs> so do you have... Um, so how many events have you actually done so far altogether? Do you, do you think so we've done four at, five? We've done four at the Odyssey and we did our first one outside of the Odyssey on the Saturday just gone, so at the end of November. Um, and we're hoping that that's going to be the start of a, like a semi-regular um, occurrence outside of the cinema, um, because obviously at the Odyssey you've got four hundred twenty-six seats. It's quite a lot to try and sell. Um, whereas at these other venues yeah. we can limit numbers a bit more to like fifty or eighty. Uh, so it's a it's a lot easier to feel like it's yeah to create like a more of a community feeling because obviously the, the Odyssey is so big it can be hard to create that kind of um, yeah, hub and community that we really want to make and have, have started to make, I think. We have a regular basis of people coming and it's really excited to hear how how much they enjoy what we're doing, which is all we wanted, really. 
Well, your your event outside the pie uh, outside the Odyssey was at the Pioneer Skate Park, wasn't it? Yes. Um, which how, did really that, how did that go? It was all right. It was a really good learning process. We definitely learned because we did it as a trial. Because uh, ultimately, probably around Easter time, maybe summer, depending on how well we can get our stuff together. Um, we want to do like a bigger, like half day kind of event and really incorporate um, the community, um, the skate community and um, other major parts of St. Albans within the context of film and cinema. Um, so this was a really good trial. It was, a good, it was definitely a learning curve, wasn't it? Yeah, 100%. And we just wanted to do something that was a bit, I guess, a bit more casual, maybe, and a bit more intimate mm. than at the Odyssey. Um, just with less people in a smaller venue and just specific to the film being shown as well. So we showed Lords of Dogtown, which is the skating film, at the Pioneer, which is a skating venue. And then afterwards, the skate park opened for a skate jam so people could sort of get involved with skating as well if they wanted to. Um, and like the bigger events that you were just talking about, we want to include things like uh, food vans and live music and just other, there's lots of really exciting stuff happening in St Albans, mm. but try and sort of jam that all into a fun evening out for yeah. young adults really and one of our main factors yeah. that we want to do for things outside of the cinema is like pay what you can because we want to re- remove this kind of gap of you have to be able to afford to go to the cinema and like or you have to afford be able to afford to go to events because obviously so many events happen in london for young mm-hmm. people and like ev- everyone's just expected to go to london in st albans because it's so nearby but it's like what 15 quid to get the train and then another 10 15 pounds for a ticket to something and then you got to buy more stuff like it's just ridiculous so we want to encourage this kind of like um yeah pay it forward or pay what you can culture where it, it, it's much it's much easier for people to get involved with stuff i think yeah much more accessible mm. yeah i think i think it's very admirable uh oh, it, 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 always, <laughs> it, it has Whenever I've sort of looked at seen a film come out, especially if it's a um, an international film or a smaller independent film, you go, like, "Oh, that looks interesting." I, you know, you type it into Google, and what comes up is, "Oh, it's showing in London and Bristol and Birmingham and a few sort of you yeah. know, big cities." But and uh, yeah, trying to get a cinema ticket in London is exorbitantly expensive in some places. It's insane sometimes. But it's hard because, yeah, when you start learning about distribution, it's really interesting how they do it. And it's 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 fascinating to look at at the moment because everything is changing so much because of lockdown. Like everything's going um, video on demand. Obviously, everything's coming out with Netflix at the same time. And it's completely changed the whole um, environment of how people understand and watch films and how films are released. So it's quite an interesting time to start, like, learning about it. Well, I, I'm old enough to remember a time when something a film would come out in America and then you'd have to wait four months or something for it to come out in the UK. And I remember one year I was I went on a family holiday to America and saw, I can't remember what film I saw, uh, but it was really smug because I saw it four months before everyone else and all my friends. I love that. And and now they come out, you know, on the, you get films released in the UK before America sometimes. And it's it's crazy. It's completely switched, but yeah, like, and like like the like the like the timings of things being released has changed, but like also the experience because people because things are being released online at the same time as the cinemas, people just don't see the need or have the desire to go to the cinema. Which is um, such a shame. Which is such a shame. Um, which is why we're here because we we love going to the cinema. But um, so big cinemas are 
catching on to that and what they're doing is they're turning their screens into more luxury experiences because independent cinemas filled that role of the luxury cinema experience mm. and then you'd have like your Odeon Lux or your, your View Premier seats but now if you go to a View all the seats are the Premier seats and Odeon Lux is there everywhere because the multiplexes know that People they expect more. Yeah, people expect yeah. more from a visit to the cinema now. So they have bars and they have these extra comfy seats and all these extra bits. Yeah. So that, but obviously that comes with the price as well, which is why we come in and we offer good vibes and chats <laughs> and say, hey, get this cheaper seat. And, and also just... a discount at the pub next door. Yeah. So it's all good, it's all good stuff from <laughs> yeah. us. Yes. Very appealing, very appealing. <laughs> so, so what is sort of... I mean, you mentioned it kind of briefly about different types of events, but what other future plans do you have? Do you have any other events sort of lined up for the time being or in the world? So we're in we're in communications with, I don't know if we can say which pub in particular, but we're in communications with um, a local pub that do screenings um, so to, again, bring a, a different kind of atmosphere um, to mm. the cinema experience. And again, to bring, bring that casual casualness and that communication and like, you can go to the cinema and it doesn't have to be an intense sit down watch experience where everyone has to sit in silence. Like obviously it's ideal if you're watching a big blockbuster, but if it's like a fun film where it, it where you can do a bit, have a bit of games and like stuff like that. We, we'd love that. So hopefully we'll start that next year. Um, we obviously have a lot of, we've been doing online programs on our website, which kind of link up to the films that we've been doing at the cinema under particular film, uh, under particular themes. So for example, for, um, uh, but I'm a cheerleader. Our theme was um, she's coming out. So we had uh, a list of films by female directors about um, the female experience of coming out for the first time. Um, uh, but we've realised that that's a lot of work um, to be putting on the side when we don't have any time. Um, so we're going to be changing some things around, I think, in uh, in the new year. Um, so we really don't know. So honestly, if anyone has any suggestions, we welcome it all. As we said, we're, we're a community group, so we want to be what the community wants us to be. Mm, definitely. Well, so. so, I mean, this is a, seems a good time to say, like, what, what is your email address or, or Twitter feed if people can get in contact? Um, so our website is openhousefilmclub.co.uk um, and all of our information is on there, all our contact details, but our email is info at openhousefilmclub.co.uk or our, all of our social media is at Open House Film Club, except from Twitter, which is Open House FC. That's a lot of um, information. Also, if anyone listens, um, I don't know, are you on this, Chris? I don't know if you are. Um, Letterbox. it's like a film review app, and we're obsessed. It's so good. I, I'm, I'm not on it myself, but I do, I know of it, and I've seen some very good letterbox reviews on Twitter and Instagram and things. People are yeah, very I, funny on there sometimes. I love, I love logging what i've watched in the i mean this is not sponsored by Le- this is brought to you by <laughs> <laughs> they should be paying us for this i, wish. Um, I love logging the, logging what films i've seen um i've only just got into it this year really and then just going on and like seeing other people's reviews and just thinking yeah i agree with you or no you're wrong yeah and I, and I think it, it brings in that kind of atmosphere because i think something else that is really intrinsic with independent cinemas is this kind of idea that you have to know a lot about cinema or i like cinema as cinema like all of these fancy 
avant-garde films like you we don't you don't need to know that you could all you you can only care about marvel if you want to and that's so fine like we don't want to make it like an exclusive you have to have knowledge kind of thing and i think letterboxd again advertising for um really um allows that because because you can write a review basically like this is the worst thing i've ever seen i love it with all my soul and give it like five stars and and it allows you to kind of understand that the the film is such and cinema is such it's such a scale of experience and something can be intrinsically bad but it doesn't mean you can't enjoy it and i think that's something that a lot of people have lost my i myself lost it for a long time i judged a lot of people for what they watched and then i realized what's the point everyone can enjoy what they like and that's nice that's so random what a beautiful sentiment (laughs) So I mean, <laughs> on that note, are there any are there any films um, from twenty twenty one? Because you know we're near the end of the year when all sorts of roundups and recommendations come through. Is there any ones that you recommend from this year that you've particularly enjoyed? Um, sure, you, you I'll, go, I'll first. go first. So one I really enjoyed, and I don't know, it's hard to distinguish the film from the experience in this case. Um, but I went to see. I have no idea if it was a preview or a premiere. I think it was definitely not a premiere. It was... <laughs> that sounds very fancy. Yeah, it was a preview of um, Billy Piper's film, Rare Beasts. Oh, no, that was a premiere. It wasn't. No, it wasn't a premiere. Was it wasn't a premiere, but it was a preview because um, she was there. Um, and she did a Q&A after the film, and I went to go, I went to go and see that Genesis cinema in Whitechapel, um, which is one of my favourite cinemas. Um, and that was a great film. It's been sort of dubbed as an anti-rom-com so it follows Billy Piper's character, who is a single mom um, on the dating scene, I guess, is what I can say without giving away too much of the plot. But um, it's really funny. It's really heartfelt. All set in London. So it's refreshing as well to see a British film. I really, I really enjoyed that. And then let's go for something I didn't enjoy so much. Um, okay. Yeah. Which was the, let's let's which recommend was the, bad films. Which was, which was, but it's okay because it's okay. If, it's okay if you enjoyed it. Um, exactly. Which is the new, the new James Bond film, which I just found a little bit interesting. Pants. I actually saw it twice in the cinema. Which um, you thought it was better the second time. You came back and you. you I hate. It I hated more. it less the second time. That's true. Because um, we went to go and see it, didn't we? Yeah, the Phoenix, which is opposite where we live. Um, because despite about being about everything in St Albans, we don't live in St Albans anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Ironic. Um, yeah, so we went to go and see it, and then I took my dad because uh, my mum was never going to want to watch it. Um, so I'd be interested to hear what other people have to say, and I don't want to be the victim of a hate crime, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, I just, I just thought they did, they just didn't pick a plot line, and I didn't really care about the characters and I uh I hated what they did with uh, I, I should have looked for this up and refreshed my memory because I can't remember and um who who played uh 007? I can't remember her name but Lasa- yeah. Lasana Lynch. Yes. Yeah yeah Lucinda Lynch um and she uh she was so good but her character was written so badly like her performance was brilliant and there was just so much potential there but I don't know what the writers did. I know it was it was, it was supposedly co written by Phoebe Waller Bridge, but obviously yes. she just had a last look in at the last minute. But you could tell that the film was written by committee because it just didn't have any direction whatsoever. Anyway. That was a rant. Thank you for <laughs> um, what? did not enjoy that film. I, I will throw in my because I saw it relatively recently. Mm, uh, right. And overall I enjoyed it. But I thought the villain, Rami Malik's villain, was terrible. 
and I don't know what they were, I don't know what they were going for because they could have cut twenty minutes of the runtime of the film where you just get him to talk a bit faster, and he was <laughs> he was I don't know I I assume it must be bad direction because he's obviously a very talented actor he's been very good in lots of other things but he was going for like creepy or was it like mm-hmm. sort of you know. Overly, serious. I didn't understand what his motivations were, mm, why he mm-hmm. was doing, what his plan was. I didn't even understand what his plan was. Yeah, no. Um, but there was a lot around it that I enjoy. But every time he was on screen, I was kind of like, oh. Okay. Yeah, I I agree. I think he's a great actor, but I fundamentally find him quite difficult to watch just because I saw too much of his face in Bohemian Rhapsody when it played for flipping three years, I think, obviously. Um, but I yeah, uh, I I agree, and I, I'm kind of bored of this Bond villain of like. Oh no! I've got a facial disfiguration. Yeah, what was and, that about? And therefore, yeah. I have an awful backstory, and I have to make everyone pay because I got a scar on my face. It's like no one's like that. You don't have what? Yeah. Also, it's... I just think it's so dated. Like the villain doesn't need to have a physical injury disfigurement. Yeah. Like that's. I think that's really to a thing in the past injury. that they need to get rid of. They need to shape yeah. that. Um, H- hard agree. Hard yeah. agree. On yeah. That. Um, rant over it, about Bond. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I think we should draw a line in the sand there. And uh, and yeah, Amy, do you, do you have a, a film that you really enjoyed? I loved Limbo so much by Ben Sharrock. Char- Did you watch it, Chris? I, I, I've not seen that, but I, it's the one um, with, is it Asylum Seekers in, in Scottish Scotland. Ireland? It is honest. So I um, I watched it as part of... It was either part of the Glasgow Film Festival at the start of this year, because they did it all online, which was amazing, or it was part of, I did early screening as part of my um, membership with uh, Film Hub Southeast. Uh, I just signed up for a screening to pre-watch some films. Oh, actually, I've got two recommendations, because I remember another one from that. Um, Limbo is one of the funniest and sweetest and saddest and most beautiful stories I've ever seen. Um, I I think it, it only got shown in selected cinemas, I think. But honestly, I implore everyone to go and watch it because it's so well directed. The acting is incredible. The writing is beautiful. And it's a story that is, uh, I don't think, it's not really told of of the in-between stage of asylum seeking where people are stuck. So yes, the, the premise is um, uh, a man from Syria, well, a load of, a busload of men from Syria are dumped in the, uh, somewhere in Scotland in the middle of nowhere because there's nowhere for them to live in London at the moment. And they can be stuck there for years. Um, and it's just about them being stuck and not really having any understanding of home or any recognition of home. Um, but it's so funny in a really sad way. <laughs> um, so I honestly would recommend that so much. And another film is a documentary, which it really doesn't look like a documentary. It looks like an art piece. It's stunning. It's Truffle Hunters, um, which is an Italian film about these old men who hunt for truffles with their dogs and it's again very funny and there's this the shot in it of this old Italian man and it's it's shot like a renaissance painting the lighting in it is stunning and it's like through a, a gap in the kitchen you know when kitchens have like the frame that you can look through into the living room and stuff um it was looking through one of those and it was this old man on a typewriter cigarette half hanging out of his mouth drinking a red a glass of red wine and just going this is why I'm leaving the truffle hunting <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like it was just so funny and, and and very very good 
I would really recommend people watch that. That's true. Uh, would, would you like to recommend a film to not watch? Um, like a, an anti-recommendation. Another controversial <laughs> one, which is quite new. I really did not enjoy um, Last Night in Soho. Have you seen that? I have not, but that's a, in, interesting. It's got I generally just, quite good reviews. But... I know. I just We had quite an in-depth discussion. Duncan hasn't got, seen it, but I described it. When you got him. back from the cinema, yeah. didn't we? We went through the... I described we, it to him scene it. by scene. <laughs> I'm just like, this is why this is bad. And I will not be watching it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just... It didn't click with me. I just felt like everything... It was a, such a good premise and it was just delivered in such a poor way. And it just felt like... M- ma- white middle-aged man says sorry for rape ever existing or okay. and, and or just like apologizing for men and it's like you don't need to do that and if you do you could do it a bit better that's very harsh of me i just i did not have a good time it just seems, it just seems a, a lot bit, it just seems a bit um performative yeah um, but a lot of people a love it a little too late for and fair enough it really. is it is beautiful in a lot of ways it's very well shot at, but I just I don't know I I felt like I didn't trust the audience enough. It does a lot of stuff with mirrors. Um, the acting's really good in it. Uh, Anya Taylor Joy can do no wrong in my eyes. But um, yeah, that's my anti review. <laughs> well, there you go. So we we've had uh, several films that you would recommend, and then uh, a Bond and a uh, Last Night in Soho to maybe we are film that like mean film people we don't like the most popular films of the year. <laughs> the two biggest films so released no, in the I last month it. okay no 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 okay okay then let's 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 negate that that theory that we just hate popular films because um <laughs> oh we love i love we love shang chai the new the marvel, new marvel film. film yeah that was really good did you see that i i really enjoyed that one i thought it was great yeah it's fun isn't it yeah what no. would you recommend of this year sorry i know this is your podcast <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, okay. So well, we, I, we, we touched on it briefly, but I think my favorite film might be one that I haven't seen yet, which might be Petite Maman. Cause I can't wait. Absolutely. Portrait of a Lady on Fire. When I saw it just changed my whole way. I like view cinema basically. Um, I still can't believe I haven't seen it. You're it's so just, wrong. It's so, I just so evaded me. And then I just, it's, it's uh, currently on the BBC iPlayer. If you want to see it, it's currently on BBC iPlayer because it was on BBC Four the other week. Yeah, um, but watch it set up like proper cinema vibes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it, it's just such a beautiful film that um, I, I'm I'm very much looking forward to uh, Petite Maman. Um, Trying to think of other films that I've seen that came out earlier this year. I do have a list somewhere. I was actually trying to keep a list of all the films that I've seen this year. If you use Letterboxd, you have really quick access to your list. This is this is okay. As soon as as soon as we finish this recording, I'm gonna go sign up to Letterboxd. Yeah, and then uh, and then follow us at Open House. (laughs) There you go. Nice little plug. I like that right at the end. Um, but I, I think we should wrap this up. Um, but thank you very much for uh, joining me. And um, please do anyone out there listening, uh, look up Open House Film Club and um, follow them on Instagram and Twitter and sign up for emails. And um, that's why you'll hear about all the new events in the uh, new year. But thank you very much, Amy and Duncan, for, for joining thank me. You. Thank, thank you, you Chris. This is yeah. amazing. Thank you. That's quite all right. And uh, yeah, may- maybe see you again in the future. We'd love that. Yeah. See you at Gremlins on the 15th. There you go. <laughs> what another little plug. We have plug it. We have all those sockets. Where are your Christmas hats? <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much. Thank you.
Well, I think we can all agree that Open House Film Club is a very worthy endeavour and I look forward to hearing from them more in the future. Uh, Now, normally, our part three is the section Where To Next, where we discuss a film, an international film, uh, not in the English language, and um, then pick where we're going next. Uh, We picked last time Baccarat, which is a Brazilian movie, coming out in 2019. Uh, Sam and I are going to discuss that next time, so that'll be in the new year. So uh, if you haven't had a chance to watch that, I would would recommend, without giving too much away from our discussion, I would very much recommend it. Uh, So Baccarat from Brazil uh, in 2019, check it out. Right, on part four, this is where I get to talk about my picks of films on free-to-air television, starting with tonight, Friday the 10th of December. This is a film I've never seen, so it might actually get me to see it. Uh, It's James Cameron's The Abyss. It's on at film four at 6.15pm till 9pm. And The Abyss, James Cameron has had a very... quite For his impact on cinema as a whole from the 1980s uh, through to the 2000s, it's actually had a relatively limited amount of films uh, released and he will actually be spending, for some reason, I can't quite work out the next however many years, um, releasing uh, the next four Avatar films, which I don't know if anyone ever asked for them, but they're happening. Um, but The Abyss is one of those ones in terms of groundbreaking special effects, which many of his films have been uh, or have involved. Uh, it's I've just never seen it. So Friday, uh, 10th of December today, The Abyss Film 4. So why don't you watch it along with me? Now, on Saturday the 11th, I say Saturday 11th, this starts at 12am, so midnight. So it's technically Sunday morning. It starts at 12am to 2.30am. So this is probably ones to to put, you know, put the VCR on um, and... Uh, I wonder how many people actually have VCRs. If if that's if there anyone has a VCR, um, I'm sure someone must. Uh, I'm not just talking about yeah, like a VHS player. I'm like talking about actually recording from a television onto a VCR. I'm sure people do. Anyway, uh, Channel Four at midnight on Saturday, we've got Bad Times at the El Royale. So this is a people people sort of described it as Tarantino esque which I think is um, a bit of a... I don't know if it, it that's, gives you the idea that it's sort of fast-talking, there's lots of different characters that sort of intertwine, but I think it, it's sort of doing it a disservice. It's directed and uh, written by Drew Goddard, who also directed um, Cabin in the Woods, uh, written by Joss Whedon, and it stars uh, Jeff Bridges, Cynthia Erivo, Dakota Johnson, uh, John Hamm, as a group of people who, who meet... At the El Royale, uh, that's a uh, a motel along the California Nevada border, and they each come with various dark secrets that let's say that they'll they'll come to light as the film progresses. It's very funny, it's very tense, it's very incredibly stylish film, um, well worth a watch. Bad times at the El Royale, midnight at Channel Four on Saturday evening. Now, on Sunday afternoon, well, we've got two, uh, one in the afternoon and one in the evening. Uh, Sunday, 12th of December, possibly my favourite Christmas film. I'm, I don't really, I'm going to be honest, 
I know people go in for Christmas films. It's it's not really my sort of thing. I don't I don't feel necessarily like at this time of year I have to watch a lot of Christmas films to get myself in the mood. But there is one in particular that I do love, and I've seen it so many times I can't I've lost count. Film four, three forty five, it's Frank Capra's It's a Wonderful Life, starring James Stewart. And it's just a, a beautiful film. It's uh, incredible, you know, James Stewart on top, top form. And it's just, it's lovely. And it's it's well shot, well acted. It's just a very nice film. It's not not all happiness all the way. It's got some dark moments. It's got quite a dark plot. But it's a, just a lovely film. It's a wonderful life. Uh, film for 345. Uh, a less lovely film, but still equally as uh, great on ITV4 at 11.35pm. You've got Paul Verhoeven's Total Recall from 1990. This is the original starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, not the terrible remake starring Colin Farrell. Um, no, this is the the classic Arnie again at his best. It's a Wonderful Life was Jimmy Stewart at his best. As his best. Uh, Total Recall, Arnie at his best. Uh, and it's a man who... Has he had implanted memories? Is he a spy on Mars? Who knows? But, you know, you've got to watch it and find out. It's some great practical special effects, um, prosthetics, makeup. It's just great. A great action film from 1990. Tuesday, 14th of December, on Great Movies at 9pm till 10.55pm, you've got Moon. This is uh, Duncan Jones's Moon, starring Sam Rockwell and Sam Rockwell. Uh, so this is a man who is on the moon and he's waiting. He He's mining the moon. This is the future, by the way. He's mining on the moon and he's by himself waiting for his relief team to arrive. He suffers an accident on the moon and then wakes up to find another one of him there. And it's very strange. Wonderful sci-fi. I'm going to say low-budget sci-fi, relatively speaking, but it's incredibly well done. Um, Duncan Jones, uh, who also directed Source Code and the Warcraft movie. Uh, It's a a wonderful film uh, on great movies at 9pm on Tuesday, the 14th of December. Skipping Wednesday, because there was nothing I particularly wanted to recommend on Wednesday. Uh, Going on to Thursday, uh, the 16th of December, on the Horror Channel. It's a shame Sam isn't here to discuss this, because she always picks something from the Horror Channel. And to be honest... I mock her for it. But this time I've picked something on the Horror Channel. At 10.45pm to 12.55am, we have John Carpenter's Christine. The It's an adaptation of a Stephen King novel about a murderous murderous convertible from the 1950s. And I'm, uh, I've been working my way through John Carpenter's back catalogue because The Thing, I, I think The Thing is one of the greatest movies ever made. I enjoy it so much. And I thought, well, I should watch more of John Carpenter's uh, stuff. And Christine actually is one of the ones I've enjoyed the most. I think it's, uh, again, like I mentioned with Total Recall, a lot of practical special effects. And it's uh, it's just very clever and darkly humorous and, and a fun story, I think, for a murderous car, obviously. So that is the rundown. These will be on our blog, if in case you miss any. But just to say, they were The Abyss, Bad Times at the El Royale, It's a Wonderful Life, Total Recall, 
Moon and Christine. Next time we will have both Sam and myself, and uh, we're also doing a bit of a, a special end of year uh, podcast coming up soon. You'll learn more about it as uh, the time approaches, so look out for that. But uh, thank you very much, dear listener, for joining us, and uh, please do uh, check out the Open House Film Club, um, their website. Uh, I, we mentioned it in the interview, but it's also we'll add it to the blog post accompanying this. And please check it out and subscribe to their mailing list where you can find out more about events in the future. Uh, but until then, see you soon. <laughs>